BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I have been dying to get my co-star on Housewives of Dubai and fellow sort of motivational speaker, podcaster. How do you mm. describe yourself, Sarah Almadani? Welcome. First of all, I love how you said my friend on the podcast. <laughs> like I'm interviewing friend this. Friend too. <laughs> friend too. Friend. No, so basically I'm a businesswoman. I'm a human and I'm a public speaker and a single mom. That's, that's how I see myself. Well, I love that. And so that's where we're going to focus today. Okay. On, well, first of all, and you're a Middle Eastern woman, yeah. which, and I think you're my first uh, Middle Eastern I've actually interviewed, having Am lived I? here for seven years. Yes, I think you are. Damn. So I'm really excited, actually, because I think a lot of people, there are so many misconceptions to living in the Middle East that people mm -hmm. don't understand or think is so different. And especially as a single woman in the dating scene and which you're not really allowed to date, are you? Publicly, you're not allowed to like show that. But people do date and get to know each other in different ways. That suits the culture. Okay, so how on earth <laughs> does that happen? You date at home? No, or it goes, you, yeah. you date, but you don't like publicly go out and announce it that you're dating and all that because the culture just doesn't accept that. Okay. And when you say the culture, is that family? Because your family is quite, I mean, you're, yeah. you've got tattoos, you've, you know, you're very open about yeah. your surgeries that you've done and things like this, to, you know, which yeah. normally families wouldn't be on board with, but you, your family seems to be very, very open. So when I say culture, I speak as a collective of family, people, the locals, the, the, as a collective, all of them. It's against the culture. Right. So, but my family, thank God, they're very open-minded. They taught me how to be an individual. And now when they did that, a lot of troubles came with that. And they weren't expecting like the tattoos and not dressing in the cultural clothes. But because they're open-minded, they argued about it a little bit, but then they let it go because this is what I tell my dad. I say, dad, I'm a, I'm a spirit with a human experience. So this is my vessel. This is my body, but I'm, I'm a soul and my soul never changed. It's just the way I look changed and that's okay. And I always tell Arabs who get disappointed with other Arabs that change the way they look or go out of the norm or out of the culture. I say, 
think of it in this way. You are upset because that person doesn't look the way you expect them to look. Now, how does that make sense? That's your problem. That's not their problem. So this is how I, how I see things. And I, to me, I, I feel like we're all people. We all have two given rights, the right to live freely and the right to be happy. I mean, it's an interesting point because you sort of preach, or not preach, but talk about confidence, yeah. inner beauty, all of these things, yet you changed your appearance, yeah. right? So why would you do, you were a beautiful woman before, you're yeah. a beautiful woman now. What, what possessed you to do that? Beauty and natural beauty is amazing, but there's nothing wrong with you enhancing some things in you so you can build your confidence. There's nothing wrong with that. I had a rhinoplasty and... Um, I wasn't confident with my nose back then, and I don't like it, and I can change it. Science the, the exists, resources exist, doctors exist, and it's okay. If there's no harm, there's nothing. I'm just changing my look for me so I can feel better about myself. And I, th I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And we should not shame people who decide to do that. At all. thousand percent. I'm all for it. You yeah. know I am. So, But, you know, it also, you have that extra layer of being here and the judgment, but also I do feel that, you know, at some point, how old were you when you, when you did your surgery? I think six years ago. So yeah, yeah, quite young. Like, mm. do you not feel that some people sometimes, you know, confidence can be built? You mean you were, you yeah. know, like my daughter, for mm. inst instance, is desperate to have her nose done Got now. It. I think, I think, look, the thing is, I did not change it because I was not happy with myself. I love myself the way okay. I like, but I just enhanced. And you, but it's wrong when people who are not happy Dude. and they go to a doctor with a picture of an actress and like, I want to look like her. Why do you want to look like someone else? You are a unique individual. You're one in a mil You're one in a lifetime. There's only one you in this world. Why would you not love the way you are and want to look like someone else? It doesn't make sense. So doing it for the wrong reasons is wrong, but doing it to enhance and feel better about yourself is okay. Do you think any of it was linked to your past relationships and the oh, way? No. no, no, no. It was completely personal. Completely. completely personal. Okay. And so you've been divorced. Uh, is it once or twice? Two times. Two times. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, which is quite major in any culture, but mm -hmm. in this culture particularly. Yeah, that's true. So how do you or why do you think, looking back now, that because you are so grounded, Sarah, and you do sort of, I mean, I, I kind of feel that a lot of your talking today has come from your experience, which is mm -hmm. why you, you can talk to other women yeah. on these subjects. But why do you think that, well, you kind of didn't choose right in the beginning? Yeah. And, and as you said, you were so blinded by the kind of person he, he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the thing is, we don't choose our journeys. People don't come with like their CVs hanging around their neck where you can see their past and who they are and their issues that they have and, and disorders and personality problems. You don't see all of this. So the only way to find out is to take a risk. And I'm a risk taker. So I decided to take a risk. Yes, I chose two wrong men, married the wrong men. It was a horrible experience, but I own it. I, it's my choice. And uh, there's nothing wrong with trying something and it doesn't work out for you and then leaving to try something else so you can end up being happy. That's the ultimate Couldn't goal. Couldn't that right? just be dating? Do you need to marry them? No, it, it, I, I, did, <laughs> I did get to know them. No, it's not, it's not like, hey, I like you. Let's get married. It wasn't like that. But it, it, there was a dating process, of course, 100%. I attract narcissists. No, I, I go for narcissists. Okay, let me put it this way. I go for narcissists based because of childhood trauma. I thought love is hard and I should earn it and I should work hard for it. So I thought that's what love is. And I went. What do you mean by that. that childhood trauma? Like you had like that energy when you were younger, mm -hmm. when you were growing up. So you think this is what love is. 
from your yeah. father? No, not from my not not from my dad or mom. It can be like a, an uncle or an aunt or something yeah. like that. But it was like it was experienced as a child. And then what happens is you look at love as something that needs to be earned, while love should should be something that's free and given. Mm -hmm. So that that's that's what I didn't know. And then I always looked for people with that energy that reminded me of my childhood because I felt safe. And I thought that was what love is. So it's my problem. And I dealt with my problem. I cannot say they're bad, they're narcissists. No, I chose the narcissist. You know what I mean? That's my issue as well. And I think once, once you stop blaming others and you look at yourself and you see where you went wrong, that's where you grow and heal. But if you always say, oh, they did this to me, they did that to me. Okay, you were once a victim, but then you chose to stay. So now you're, you're your own victim. So it's a complete different switch. So you still believe in love? Of course, one million percent. Oh, you think two guys are going to stop, kill my faith in humanity? No way on earth. It will take like 30 men to do that, not, not two. And you still believe in your own choices in men? hundred percent. I believe you need to make the choice. You need to learn. Wisdom is earned and it's earned through experience. And I feel that's the only way you can learn. And I'll be honest with you. I did not know I was so empathetic. I did not know I was patient. I did not know I was giving and loving. Oh, I, I found out all of this about myself when I went through these tragic relationships. If I was in a happy relationship, I would have never discovered who I am. So they bring out the real you. And it was challenging, but I love my journey. I'm here sitting with you on this chair right now because I got married to my ex in the beginning. Otherwise, if I was happy living in another country or moved, you'll never meet me. So Everything in life just happens for a reason. And I appreciate it. How long were you married to him? The first one, it was dating and marriage was a total of 13 years. 13 years? Yeah, but I was young and I did not know about red flags and narcissistic personality disorder and all that. I thought he was just broken and I wanted to fix him. And for 13 years, yeah, you wanted yeah. to fix him? Yeah, because as an empath, I feel like I'm Bob the Builder. And when I see someone broken, I run. I just want to fix everybody. Which is wrong because when you have that power in you to heal and fix, you should not fix people who are not ready. You finished a 13-year relationship. Yeah. Your second relationship was how long? Oh, that one. I asked for a divorce like three months into the marriage because the mask fell off. It was mentally abusive. He killed my self-esteem and he made me feel like I don't look good. I'm not that good for him and he's way too good. So I was like, third month, I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the same pattern that I had for 13 years. Now I see it. It's my fault. I need to leave. You're not for me. And I asked for a divorce, but then it, he was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. But then finally I got the divorce granted after nine months, total. But it was a very traumatic experience, crying all the time, being down to the extent that you disconnect from your child and your family because you're not in a good place. And your child feels it. And it affected me in so many ways. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. I've done it once. I'm not doing this again. And do you feel that being a single mother now is, you know, what drives you? Because, you know, rather than finding the right man now, mm -hmm. it's all about your son and making sure you don't make the same mistakes again. Yes, because when you have a child, you're not a single young girl anymore wandering around. You have a responsibility. So you can't just keep taking random risks. You have to take calculated risks because you're affecting your child as well. So yes, I'm open to being in a relationship and falling in love and all of that, but I got to make sure he is good enough for my kid as well because my kid is my the love of my life. He's the most important thing. And how is it in this country being divorced, well, twice divorced, yeah. single mother? Does it impact People here do have very strong judgments yeah. in general. Does it impact your life here? It does, 
but it doesn't. I'll tell you why. I think I'm the only Emirati who publicly goes on TV and, and on Instagram and motivates women to leave bad relationships and to be, it's okay to be divorced and be a single mother because I'm breaking the norm. We, we've been programmed and I'm teaching women how to unlearn the, what they've been taught about life and who they should be and how they should be and they should discover who they are. Now, does it backfire on me? It does. Does everyone attack me? It does. Do people look at me as if something is wrong with me? Although something was wrong with the person I was with, but they always, the woman is wrong. They blame the woman. There's nothing wrong with the man. No, he's a man. He cheated. He's a man. A woman cheated. Oh, no, you know? So they have this bias uh, look towards men where men can get away with everything. So automatically, I'm the one who's wrong. Now, does this happen to me? Yes. Does it affect me? Zero. No, no way. It doesn't affect me in any way because... Your life is yours. Mine is mine. You know, you don't pay my bills. You're not there for me when I'm down. You're not there for me when I'm up. So why do I care about your opinion? Who do you feel like are the most supportive? Do you have a lot of Emirati girlfriends or do you, you know, do you sit to yourself here? How would you like sort of your lifestyle think, is quite you yeah. know, insular? So, so my circle is very small. Mm -hmm. You know me, I'm a very yeah. grounded, spiritual person. My circle is very small. So my circle accepts me for who I am. And you're part of the circle. You mm -hmm. you accept me because you know how it feels. You've yeah. been there. And then I have my family. Thank God they understand, you know. But I also feel ashamed. No, I, I wouldn't say ashamed. I still feel a little bit of guilt tor towards my family because I dragged them in the whole procedure twice. Yeah. But then you sit and think about it. You're like, why am I guilty? I'm the one who ate shit. They were just there, you know, in the wedding and in the party and all that. So feeling guilty is part of being human, which is a healthy emotion to feel. So I feel guilty towards my parents. That's why now I'm like, listen, if you do it for the third time, you know, you got to be careful. You have a kid, your parents, you know, you don't want to make everyone think like, you know, you're not made for marriage or something that is definitely wrong with you if you get divorced for the third time. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm actually. That's a lot of pressure. It is. Okay. So the first time I say this and I can't believe I'm saying this. I want to get married. I want to have kids and I want to have a family. I want to be stable, but I'm also scared. I feel like the fear is pushing me away from it. I'm, I'm kind of scared because I don't want to go through that trauma again. Yeah, I wonder like, if you overly think relationships yeah. when the guy comes. Because if I would imagine, having been through that twice now, that you have quite a long list that they oh, have to yes. go through. Yes. And, you know, as I know, or we know, not everybody or nothing is sort of, as I, I've told you before, Sergio on paper is absolutely the wrong person for me. Yeah but it works completely. Mm -hmm. So if I was doing the paper thing, which sometimes, you know, we're all programmed to do yeah. because everyone goes, oh my God, write down the things, you know, yeah. whatever. He would never have made it through the front door. Got it. So that's what I, you know, how do you sort of navigate that? Because now your list must be, you know, you must have alarm bells ringing mm -hmm. all day long. Yeah. Look, I believe in writing a list, but I believe in writing a realistic list. Because like we're not in Build-A-Bear, you know, I can't just go and make, create a man that I, that I desire and want in, in my head. People don't come like that. They come with flaws. They come with mistakes. And people who love each other and they want to start something, they can grow and heal together. So I write a realistic list. So my list is very simple. I need a man who's kind. I need a man who has empathy. I need a man who believes in, in the language of love, that loves humanity, that wants the best for everybody, that loves to help and support. So I think these are basic human characteristics. I'm not asking for a billionaire who like loves rock music, who, who has a tattoo. And I don't, I don't go into details. I, I, I write a very 
realistic list and I stick to it. What about religion? Do you have to have the same religion? I mean, I, I think, yes, it's important. But at the same time, I think no, because I my, my girlfriend, she's Muslim. She married a Christian. And after a while of being married, he converted. So you never know what someone's journey is when it comes to faith. And, you know, I believe as Islam is, that we say, you know, if you believe in God, God is one, then, you know, you're, you're part of the crew, basically. So I, I don't think it's important, but I also think somehow it is because when you raise the kids, it's like, okay, so what do we raise them, Christian or Muslim? And then the kids get confused in a household like that. Mm. So I feel like you should have that discussion before thinking of getting married because it's a very important decision to take in the future. So I think to me, it'll make it easier if he is, but I'm, I'm not saying I'm close to the idea. So take yeah. me through the journey. Like, I mean, I know that you can't date in a normal way. Is, is the marriage thing because you can't live together? You can't see if it works? You don't know how to navigate mm -hmm. that in this world right now? So living together doesn't happen here. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen here, you know? But Isn't dating... Isn't that a better be bet than getting married for a third time? Wouldn't you... It is. It is. But at the same time... Like, the thing is, it's also a religious thing and not just a cultural thing to live together. But I know a lot of people that do it. I'm not saying nobody does mm. who is Arab and Muslim. They do it. But majority don't here. But dating, everybody dates. But they don't date publicly. So you get to know them on the down, down low. You go out with them and everything. But you don't go on Instagram and say, hey, I, this is my new boyfriend. Meet him. You know what I mean? Because it's not accepted in the culture. Okay. Yeah. It's funny that because a lot of things aren't accepted, but yet people do them, do them but just privately it's sad because it's, there's a bit of hypocrisy yes yeah it's like living a life behind closed doors yes but then that's that's what the culture forces you to do right but they're telling you're telling the world that you don't do it but actually you do secretly no i tell the world i do it but no. i just don't do it publicly no i don't mean you i mean in general in, in general this is the thing right i i believe and i always say it i say i love culture i love my culture but it's peer pressure from the grave well, it's kind of like also an unrealistic, I always say like society in England, we have what societal yeah. rules that yeah. shouldn't exist anymore because yeah. they were made so long ago. And I always go, well, who the fuck is society? Exactly. And I kind of feel like you're telling your kids to live to a standard that, you know, isn't really there. Like no yeah. one's actually doing it. So you're teaching something that isn't, isn't relevant anymore. That's true. Culture is a box of chocolate. Not everything that comes in the box you'd like. You eat whatever you like and you leave the rest. I respect it. I don't apply it all. And it's not a crime. And I teach my kid, this is the culture. Now you pick whatever you feel like resonates with you. The, the thing is, culture was made in a time where things were different. Life was different. Expectation was different. Like they didn't even have internet back then when they created culture. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't make sense. I'm applying something that's long gone. And to satisfy people that don't don't long, no longer exist. Yes, they don't. It's peer pressure from the grave. Yep, that's yeah. how I feel. I mean, every culture has that yeah. to some extent, not just not as widely as here. Yeah, but you know, Sarah, I think that what you do is so important for women here. And actually, the way I've even been accepted here, because I I'm amazed by how many emirati women really do listen to my podcast i get stopped all the time yeah and i think that things are changing like now, when i moved here you couldn't live unmarried together i mean i couldn't yeah. have lived with sergio and now look we can all live together you can have babies you, without getting married as you? well yeah, yeah yeah they change the rules oh, a they change bit. that yeah, yeah okay but there's no surrogacy still yeah no that because but that, that doesn't apply for you though you can't live with somebody i can no 
even locals can. Oh, yeah, okay. anybody can right so now. So why wouldn't you? Because I just, I like it's for religious re reasons. Like because in my religion, it's like it shouldn't be done before marriage, and I think when you date somebody and you go out with them and you're like literally living with them, but you're just not sharing a bed. That's that's the difference. So I think it's it's good enough for you to tell a person. But I, I believe you should date longer because people here date for like two, three months and they're married. Yes. It's like, how, how do you know a person in two, three months? You don't, especially in, if you're not That's um, the love bombing seeing dates. them all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Like when you date, okay, so if you go into your next relationship now, would he be Emirati or you're open now? <laughs> I've tried Emiratis. I'm definitely open to anything. My second husband was Pakistani-American. So I'm open to anything. I, I see people as one, so it doesn't bother me. And I love different cultures to mix and, and mend with them. So I love that. I don't, I don't see myself with an Emirati anymore because my personality is so evolved and I'm very open-minded. Not, not in a sense where, because I know how Emiratis think when you say open-minded, they think clubbing, drinking. No, I don't club, I don't drink. But open-minded as in like means accepting other people's differences. I'm very open-minded. Your differences don't bother me. Your lifestyle don't bother me. Even if it doesn't match mine, even if your ethics and morals don't match mine, it doesn't bother me. Mm. You are who you are and I accept you for who you are. And that's the issue that a lot of Arabs just can't get over that. Yeah. They just want to judge, yeah. sadly. Well, I think that's, uh, that's also universal. Yeah. When people don't understand something, it's easier to, to, judge it. to judge it. And, you know, but there are certain things that will, as a, any woman, to be honest, in any culture at this point, there is a lot of pressure because you, you're right. You have to make a right decision next. Yeah. You know, you have to know yourself. And so I wonder like how, how you do that. Because Dubai is small. Mm -hmm. I've realized like Dubai is small and transient. So dating here, people, lots of people get on the plane thinking they're going to meet some very rich Arab and change their lives like a Cinderella story. Yeah. It just, that isn't happening. The Dubai fairy tale. Yes. It's not happening. No. You know, so, and, and it's quite transient. People come, people go. So it's quite hard to meet people here, I think. I mean, you know, tell me if you, you, you know, not that I've tried. It's, it's very hard and there's a lot of cultures. There's, it's, it's a very diverse country and you're right. People don't stay here for long and everyone comes here because they want to get rich fast. They want to get famous fast. They want to get big fast. They don't want to work on it. They think this is like the ticket to changing your life. Everybody's here for a fast transaction, which means they're willing to do anything and use anybody to get what they want. And I, that's what I always say. People, people always, they come here to change their lives. You can come here from any country and pretend to be something you're not. So it's yeah. even harder to date. To filter. It's yes, harder, yeah. because they rent sports cars they rent houses yeah. and so suddenly you end up with somebody who's like you know not well, any well, of these things i'll tell you what's when it comes to this what's good about me yeah. i am a man with a with a nice watch a nice car a nice house doesn't impress me because if i can buy it for myself you can't flex that on me you know what mm -hmm. i mean like you think i'll go for you because you have that so when they rent the cars and they fake the life just to get with the with the successful woman it doesn't work for me because i go deeper than that yeah, so. but how do you know, Sarah? You... Because people here are very good at hiding who they are. Yeah. And, you know, I've certainly learned across the years, like I've got a core group of friends, which I love yeah. now, and I don't really wander from, just because I, I see the bullshit too. And I think, you know, growing up in England, we all came from the same background. We all came, you know, we all grew up together. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, we've all arrived from different places. And, you, it, you know, your pecker of choosing is different yeah. to how you would choose anywhere else, which is maybe what the issues you've been having in life yeah. as well. Well, in the past around, let's say, th 
three years, I became very deeply spiritual, and that scares the fake ones now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a bit. <laughs> deep, like she's really. cuckoo. We're not. We're, we're not doing that. You know, we're not doing spiritual stuff with her. So yeah. I mean, I love the way that you take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, I've made two mistakes. I'm not going to make it again. Therefore, you're fixing yourself. But I wonder with the second one, because it was such a short time, that you did you give him really a chance for it to, to really understand that he was broken or that you just didn't have a blind panic based on, you know, legitimately so, mm-hmm. your past relationships? Well, if I was scared for my past relationship, which was completely traumatic, I would have not got married again because I would lose my faith in marriage. But what happened is that he didn't provide financially. So I was the one paying for everything. I'm talking about rent, car payment, food, groceries. And he was not doing any of that. Then he started manipulating me emotionally and mentally abusing me to make me feel like I'm not good enough for him or I don't look good good enough for him. And yeah, it just went through the same exact cycle as the first relationship. And then I went and I took a course on narcissism and I understood the pattern of narcissism and he exactly had that. And then I knew that, oh my God, even when I was younger, when I was getting to know men, when I was in high school and all that, they were all narcissists. I'm attracted to that energy. And I knew he was like that. And then I gave him time. I said, okay, I don't want to divorce. Prove to me that you're man enough to handle the relationship. There was no financial responsibilities taken by him. It was always me. Did he have a job? He had. He had a business. I mean, that's what they said. But it's like nothing was there. And he was very, very mean to my kid. Before the marriage, he was like, I love children. I can't wait to be like the father of your kid, blah, blah, blah. And all okay, that. question. Sarah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. How do you get married not knowing financially what he's willing to contribute or not? Because in our culture, we are not brought up to have that conversation and confrontation before marriage. We're not brought up like that. I'm learning how to do this now. So recently, like when I meet men and all that, I immediately go into that conversation. I'm like, listen, my end goal is to get married. Not not to get married to you. But I, I understand that yeah. part. But in your culture, the men normally take care of the woman. Yeah. So then how do you not have this conversation and end up paying for everything? Because you're expecting the man to know that in my culture. You're expecting him to know that you're the provider and you're the protector. But then when you're getting married and you're in a relationship and, and now you're starting a life and you're like, hold on, hold on. Why am I paying for everything? Why am I paying for your trips to go to Thailand with your friends? Why am I paying for your broken tire? Why am I paying the Why am I paying the groceries for God's sake? And he's not contributing zero. So then you realize, oh, my God, I've done the same shit all over again. So it's he's he's not a good person. I get it. But I've chosen that person and ignored the red flags. There was a lot of red flags in the beginning of the relationship, but I ignored them because I was still not healed and I didn't love myself enough and I thought I was not worthy of something good. So what is it about a narcissist that you find so attractive then? Because frankly, it sounds awful. No, it's the energy. It's because you're familiar with that energy. I've had that in the past when I was a child. So when I see it, I go like, oh, that's what love is. I always, when I meet a narcissist, I feel like, oh my God, we've met in another lifetime. You're my soulmate. I feel like I know you. And it's like my therapist like, bitch, you don't know him. You know his energy because you've been there before. You know, you're familiar to that. It's the same energy. So you're going back and reliving your childhood with every man you meet. And then I had to go through a healing and I've done hypno- hypnotherapy and I've done so many things. And now I completely get it. I was not in the right place. But they were also wrong, but I was not in the right place. My choices were not right for me because I never felt like I was worthy of a good man. Funny enough, 
When I used to meet good men, I used to get scared and run away because I'm not used to this. This is not how love is. You're giving me everything I need. You're there. So I was always going towards what I thought love was, which is I have to earn it. I have to work hard for it. It's tiring. It's consuming. It's about not accepting. And I thought that was normal. I mean, Sergio and I discuss this a lot when we think of you because we're like, okay, you look the way you do. You're absolutely independent. You have, you know, your own home, your own business. You've got shit going on. I mean, frankly, you're every man's dream. What is it? Do you think? I mean, I wonder if you're too successful at this point for men. Look, most of the men I met, they were not narcissists and I didn't pursue anything with them. They were intimidated by me because, look, I believe an alpha man would love and should thrive to have a strong woman next to him because she completes him. She doesn't compete with him. Now, an, a man who's not alpha, who's not in his, let's say, masculine energy, when he meets a strong woman, he will do anything to make her feel like he's on top, he's stronger. He start controlling her. He start making her change her behavior, the way she dress, the way she talks, the way she walks, going to work, her friends, because he wants to be dominant because he's so weak when he's around her. So he brings his dominance in a wrong way. But a man who's comfortable in his element wouldn't do that. He would, he would fan your wings to fly, not break them. So you would be on his level. But this, again, I'm owning my mistake. I lowered my standards. I lowered my vibration to a lower vibration when it comes to men because I didn't have self-worth. And I'm openly saying that. But I've done the healing. I've done the work. I don't see myself like that anymore. Right now, I, I know my worth and I want something that's worthy of me. And the cosmetic procedures and things that you've done before, do you feel like they, those things gave you the strength? No, it was, it was the healing that gave me the strength. It was fixing my, my issues, dealing with my demons, going through so many spiritual healing, hypnotherapy, therapy. All of that gave me the strength to, to take my power back. And so now... When you look, look at relationships and your past relationships, so like now, I mean, you know, we've talked about your dating and or, or mm. therefore lack of, but you know, you have liked a couple of guys, but it just hasn't worked out yeah. or you just, you know, be it even country or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, Sarah, like that's, that's a big thing too, because you know, you need, you have to, with a child, you can't just get up and go and like move no. wherever, it, wherever. No. He has to make that that move and sacrifice because, look, a relationship is about compromise and sacrifice. And I'm willing to do a lot, but I cannot drag my kid and take him all around and do all of I cannot do that. I need a stable life. I'm a mom. I have a child. I actually don't see you with a very, very like powerful alpha male. I don't see you at all because I think, you know, like myself, and I think about it a lot because, you know, sometimes when I look at my relationship with Sergio, and I've said this a lot, you know, and people go, gosh do you really like that part of him or this part? Yeah. And I'm like, when I weigh it up to what my friends have or what I societally should have, mm -hmm. you know, a 50 year old man sort of, who's, who's sort of beginning to retire and yeah. I'm fitting into his life, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So, you know, teaching maybe, or being with Sergio, who's learning on the job with me and, you know, willing to mold himself to fit into this life with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And to, fit into this family is is priceless because as you know like if you had a man that was willing to begin to fit into you you travel for your your speaking you have your son like if, if someone could help you with your son while you have to travel while you have mm -hmm. to do all your things and could get on the Sarah train with you I, I would assume that that's quite sexy too it is but you know I, I don't think relationship is about 
fitting into someone's life. It's about like trying to make it work and then you both amplify each other's life. It's not the, the it's not fitting into one. It's molding a life exactly. together that works exactly. for both of you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So Sergio, we always talk about this. Had he been 10 years older, he would have his life would, would have been too embedded over there. Exactly. That he could not have moved like that and just said, okay, I can do what I'm doing here, there. He wouldn't have the, you know, he wouldn't be able to the, the flexibility or the the, you know, be able to sort of shift himself mm -hmm. the way he has and to make our lives as a family work. And he made that choice very early on, actually, that we were going to end up working together. And that also comes with age. And, you know, and, and I, I wonder now, or I know now, that he is the type of man, as I said, everyone said absolutely not, that is perfect for us because, you know, obviously someone older would never like this lifestyle and it yeah. does come down to that Sarah yeah. too you know you you have a very very defined lifestyle that's true and I don't think although you say you know you're both going you know you want someone that's going to sort of amplify you and you're going to amplify him I also don't think you're you know you're going to change your lifestyle that much at this point of your life. I, I'm willing to mold it, but not change it. I'm willing to work around it, but not completely transform it because I think when the right person comes, he just fits in. It's like a puzzle. Yes. Like Sergio just fits in your life so perfectly. Yes. Effort, effortlessly, he fits in your life. So I feel like the right person would just fit no matter what the situation or the circumstances. That's what I wanted to get to. So you're right, but you're also, you've got to remember, it didn't work like that at the beginning. Okay. So it was a nightmare for both of us at the beginning because my kids didn't like him. Okay. Right. My friends didn't want him. My family were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So my point is, if we hadn't stuck or one of us hadn't had the resolve to say, you know, stay, it wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. So that's also what I'm saying is like that took months to, to mold into this. He didn't just walk through my front door, sit down with my kids and we had a great life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work like that. It was awful. He'll tell you as well. So my point is that you need to give the person the time to grow into your life. It, 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 you can't just open the door when you have such a ready-made life. No, no, Caroline, relationships are like a full-time job. Yes. It's like a business. You grow it from zero to make it like a legacy in an empire. But if Sergio was not kind, empathetic, loving, and patient, it wouldn't have worked, right? No. Patient. It's zero. I mean, patient, it wouldn't yeah. have, the, the man has the patience of like a saint. A, a saint. Like, I swear to God. Like, that's why I told you when I do the list, when I write my list, I write a very realistic list. So I ask for characteristics. And with, look, the thing is, I can teach you how to make business. I can teach you how to make money. But I cannot teach you attitude. If your attitude is shit, you're shit. No matter how much money you have, no matter what you learn. So I, a man can learn the trades and all of that of life. But if he's shit at the core, he's shit everywhere. That, girls, I think is a really powerful point. Yeah. I think, you know, many people, I always say, look for someone who wants the best for you, 100%. who has patience, who just really thinks that you are the sun and the moon to him because the rest is teachable. The rest is, you can obtain. Yeah. You can obtain money. You can obtain it. You know, you can teach him things. You can learn things. You can, you know, mold someone. You can help build someone. But if the core isn't right, yeah, then, you know, it will never work. You can you can meet a man who is not yet there, 
but he has the ambition and the character and the personality and you can amplify that and he can be anything in this world. But if the core is crap, no matter what you do, you can teach him everything, but you cannot change that. That is not teachable. Character is not teachable. Thank you, sir. I think that's absolutely a good place to leave it. It isn't. And I think that, you know, teaching women to look a little bit differently to what's important in life, to get to where they need to go and not just to think about the list that he has to be rich, he has to be established, he has to be all those things. He doesn't. He really doesn't. And I think that you and I are proof of that. I think that you choosing the right person will establish them and you and, you know, when you're happy, anything is possible in a relationship. When you're a power couple, you can build together. Yes. But when you're not... You take everything down. You take each other down because yeah. you're just all you all that happens is you end up in competition with each other. Exactly. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having great. me. I had Loved having you on my I love. love you, girl. Love you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 